Romans chapter 7. I want to look this morning at the one of the battles that we probably, well, not probably at all, we all face. And that's the battle that goes on inside of us. That's the battle, amen, of who's going to rule. Because salvation's interesting is that we have a new nature, a new heart. God has given us the Holy Spirit. And um, that's wonderful, amen. But at the same time, our flesh is still who we are, amen. That's our natural state. We are sinners saved by grace. And so we wrestle many times on the inward side of who is going to rule in our lives. One man made this statement. He said, our sin nature is like a factory that produces the evil, unrighteousness, and sin. He says, when we get saved, God shuts down the factory, which solved the problem of future production, but it didn't address what was already produced. Existing sin from that factory found a new home, and that home is called our flesh. <laughs> so I thought that was very interesting. Amen. So in, that, in our nature, the battle goes on, and the question is, which one is going to rule? Are you going to be a slave to your nature, your sin nature, or are you going to be a slave to God and righteousness? The question is, my sermon title, whose slave are you this morning? Because you'll be one or the other. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 7, verse 13. A little bit of scripture this morning, but it's, uh, it's Romans, and so you just can't like read a text here and there. It kind of, it's pretty deep. <laughs> Amen. Verse 13. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. He's talking about the law. But sin that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good so that sin through the commandment might be made, become exceedingly sinful. So for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, that's what we're talking about, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For, for the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. 
Because of that, he says in chapter 8, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his Son, or his own Son, in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh, that right, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So if you get the picture this morning that there are two natures that we're dealing with, the new one that God has given us of his spirit, amen, producing uh, you know, or not producing, but, uh, you know, giving us the ability to do what is right. And then the old nature, which has no ability to do what is right and doesn't want to do what is right. Amen. In fact, it's an enemy of God. So I want to consider this thought here of, of who, which one do you give more credit to? Which one do you operate in this morning is kind of the question. And the, and the first thing is our struggle. Because, you know, uh, some don't see it. They don't recognize that there is a struggle. As a result, they think it's just the way things are. This is just the way all people kind of live. You know, we're all sinners. We know that. And we all sin and we all mess up from time to time. And so, because they recognize that there's a battle going on and they're not winning it. <laughs> and so, uh, why try to even deal with it? Amen. Why do we have to deal with it, so to speak? Or maybe they're thinking, I must not be stay, saved because I still want to do this and I still think this way. Serving God should just flow. It should just be natural. I look at other people, they serve God naturally, but I'm having such a difficult time. It, it's like, that's not true. Amen. If people are serving God, it looks like they're serving Him naturally. Well, it's not natural. It's supernatural, first of all. And, uh, but it's not a natural thing. It's not just my disposition. It's not the way I was raised or where I was raised or how I was raised. It's nothing like that at all. Amen. It's, it's whichever nature you want to feed over the other nature. And so, you know, uh, people can look at this and think, you know, I must just be different, but we're not different. Amen. We all have a sinful nature and we're all in the same battle together. Some people try to get in reverse psychology. You know, if God wants to save me, then he's just going to have to take this thing away or that thing away. He's just going to have to make this so overwhelming that I can't even sin. 
He's not going to do that either. Amen. You have to make a choice, like every one of us. See, the fact is there really is a struggle that's always going to be there while you're here on this earth in this body. This is why you can read scripture that says, you know, one day we're going to be liberated from this thing. We're going to go into heaven and there's, that's not going to be there. There's going to be no desire. We, are, we look to the redemption of our bodies. Even the Bible says the earth groans because of sin. The earth itself, nature. Is, you ever see nature? Nature is pretty nasty. <laughs> Man, you know, birds down here, he's just, he's just down here eating. And another one comes down and just grabs him and eats him. So he rips his head off. He's like, my gosh, it's in my backyard. Dude, what are you doing? There's worms. There's all kinds of food. You had to get in him. I liked him. Man, it's so cruel. I mean, and, and, and I know it's affecting me because it's the big blackbirds that come down and do it. So watch this. I'm driving to prayer in the morning, and I'm pulling over, you know, into like where the bus lane is. I'm going to make the turn of the corner. And in front of me on the road is like a bird that must have got smashed like a crow. But he was kind of like stuck to the road, and, he's, and his head's going. I smiled. I'm sorry. I, I've, been, I've been affected by the war in nature. It's going on in my backyard. I'm like, I just need to go to heaven. It's just all there is to it. You know what I mean? But yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he was, I mean, I, I didn't run over him. I was like, I, ain't gonna, my, I was driving the new car, so I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I just felt like a revenge or something. I just felt so good. I'm thinking, man, I, what a messed up world we're living in here. But Paul paints this picture in our text really well. He he does the same thing in the book of Galatians. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. And when you study out that text, the, the, what he's talking about is, it, many commentators believe, and, I've, and I remember hearing this in history class in school. I didn't learn a lot, but I learned a few things. And, and uh, it's kind of an oriental thing as well. But I guess if you killed somebody, Years ago, and even in the Roman, you know, society, they would take that dead body and strap and hook it onto your back. So you would have a corpse on your back, and eventually that corpse would rot you, and you would die as well. That was your punishment versus the cross or the guillotine or life in prison or electric chair. You just, you know, oh, you killed Bill. We're going to tie Bill to your back, and you're going to walk around with this nasty corpse on your back until your body rots. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am, because he's making that picture. It's like on this side, you have a very well body. It's, it's, it, it could last for another 50 years, but the one on my back is dead and disgusting. And you put the two together, and it's like that one's affecting this one. And that's how it feels sometimes, is you're living for God, but there's that other part of me, that dead part of me, that wants to come in and affect my good part of me. Amen. That's what Paul is saying. You know, he's saying, the good that I will to do, I don't do. And the, the bad that I don't want to do, I do. And so there's that wrestling of the flesh and the spirit. And so this is a real reality, amen. And so, you know, uh, uh, 
we're not making an excuse for sin because then we can look at that and go, well, we're all hopeless. Well, without Jesus, we are all hopeless. Amen. But there's an answer to this. See, the, in reality, the, you know, the forces of good and evil are around us. But you know, the, good, the reason why the forces of good and evil are around us is because the forces of good and evil are in us. Amen. That's what makes it evil. Amen. It's us. And so it wrestles within our own nature. and We see it in our own selves this morning. Like when I drove by that bird and I like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> man, that's just so wicked. <laughs> that poor guy's like. Verse 22 and 23, for I delight, he says, in the law of God according to the inward man. He says, I, I delight in the good. I delight in what is right. He said, but I see another law in my members warned against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is, well, also in my members. So Paul is seeing the battle take place in his own being, mainly in his mind, competing against one another, one, one thing competing against the other. See, you have two ways of thinking. The Bible talks about the spiritual mind that thinks in a good way or in a godly way in the things of God. And what takes place, really, you know, when we get saved, we start thinking about what is right and doing what is right. Up to that point, we could care less. We're trying to look for ways to get away with everything. But up to that point, when you get saved, it's like, you know what, I need to start being honest. I need to stop cheating on my taxes. I, I need to stop lying to everybody. All of a sudden, something happens to you and I. I need to stop cussing and swearing. I mean, something happens in us. That new nature kicks in, amen, and you're starting to think about the things of God. But then we also have the carnal mind, which thinks of the things of the flesh, how to get away with this, how to gratify that appetite, that lust, that desire. And this is the war that's actually going on, these two Minds, if you will, war against one another. Verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Sometimes you feel that death, you feel that bad. And other times you feel the life and the peace of God because of the decisions and how you're living. For most, this battle we enter in right after we get saved. Amen. Fighting things that are so much a part of our life, the sin nature. Like I said, cussing and swearing. It's like, you know, I was in the military and cussing was just like so second nature to us. Everything we, everything we talked about, we had to cuss about it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you couldn't just say, hand me the wrench. It was like, hand me the blah, 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 wrench. It's like, <laughs> you look back and you're thinking, gosh, what, what was that all about? It was weird. It was just so bizarre that you would always have to like curse and swear about everything. And so you get saved and it's like, God, you're going to have to help me. Because the way I talk is like, the way I talk. I've, I've allowed this, you got a temperature. I allowed this, amen, to be a part of my life. It's become natural. So natural that I, I can't even see it. But you know, it's not just when you get saved. This battle is long and hard way after, amen. Old things try to keep in, creep in. Old mindsets and compromises. 
start to let down our guard and forget why things are important. This is why God set things in order uh, so the children of Israel would remember. They set up feasts. They set up pillars of stones and holidays. Don't forget what God has done for you. And that's the thing when you get saved. It's like, don't forget what God has done. It might have been 30, 40 years ago, but I still remember God's deliverance, God helping me in these areas, God taking away desires that I, did, I, I could have never gotten rid of on my own. Amen. And you can't remember that because those desires sometimes will come knocking back on the door again, trying to get a foothold in your life because the flesh is still a part of you. It has an ally in you. Sin has an ally in your own members. So recognizing that this battle doesn't just go away with longevity. Sure, we become wiser. We become more discerning. We set things up in our lives to help us. Like I don't go there. I don't hang out with this group or that group. Or I stop reading this or stop listening to that. Whatever it might be. We set things up in our lives as a safeguard to keep us away from things. Because we've learned some things. We've learned a few things over the years said, you know what, I don't need to go down this road because I know if I step down this road, it doesn't matter how long I've been saved, I'm in trouble. And so we just make sure, we just set roadblocks in our lives to stay away from these areas that can trip us up. But yet, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, uh, uh, we, the battle is going on and we realize that. And those things need to be in place. I, what I mean to say is they do matter, but that's not the issue. The issue is my battle is still there. Even though I've set up all the roadblocks, you know what I'm saying? The devil's a, he's a tricky devil. <laughs> so, you know, you just have to simply realize it's there and just have a strategy of just of being smart and living for God. So this takes me to my second thought this morning, and that is our walk. Because we're talking about the struggle between the flesh and, like Paul said, I, what I will to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. And you're thinking, well, he can't do it. I <laughs> Let's just call it a day. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go do something crazy. No, no, no. <laughs> Another thing he's saying here is, in this text, is not only do we do struggle, but we need to struggle. You need to struggle. Amen. Because, because of the way things are. The fact, that the, the, the fact of the matter is these two natures exist together. The living and the dead. They exist together. And so uh, uh, we need to struggle. This is a thing we need to... Struggle's not bad. It's actually a need. If you're not struggling, that's bad. <laughs> it's like, eh, I just gave up struggling. Yeah, that's bad. Very bad. <laughs> See, you need to struggle. You need to fight. And you need to realize it's just as normal in your life as it is in my life and everybody else. You need to struggle. Paul's pointing that out. Amen. Not just why we struggle, but the fact that we should be struggling. Amen. The only way you're going to survive if you will remain in the struggle, if you'll remain in the fight. I just heard of another Christian musician that just walked away from God. He was a pastor's son, you know? And it's like, 
I don't care what he has to say, amen. I don't know where he was at. I don't know all the issues. But you know what? People just, they just stop the struggle. I don't know if it's in their minds. It's like, well, you know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this hard or it shouldn't be this kind of a struggle. It's like, it is a struggle. And if it's in the struggle that you find help. It's in the struggle that you find strength. It's in the struggle, amen, that God comes alongside as the companion of the Holy Spirit and helps you. It's when you step out of the struggle and stop struggling, you're left to yourself. And you have no defenses. That's why you got saved. And so our walk is very important. Our walk is our entire way of life. As Hebrews says, this is the way, walk in it. There ain't other, no other way. This is the way. You need to walk in it. Our text simply looks at the foundation of this thing called the walk and breaks it down into two, in two different ways. You're either, either walking according to the flesh or you're walking in the spirit, one or the other. Excuse me. Verse 1 of chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the, for the spiritual law to apply, amen, you have to walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. It's not like you went and got saved and a little fairy touched you and now you got a little power pack on your back, you know what I'm saying? And you're just going to go on living for God. No, you've got to walk in the Spirit. There's a lifestyle that you have to maintain. There's a walk that you have. If you're going to walk according to the flesh, you're not going to make it. Amen. The spiritual is not going to be able to be uh, 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 introduced into your life to a certain extent because you're fighting against it. You're, you're just walking in the flesh. And I'll say this, it has more to do with your mind than it does with your feet. But that's a truth for another sermon, amen. But we must think spiritually. Because to be spiritually minded is life, just like to be carnally minded is death. Taking thoughts captive, determining what we allow to animate us and direct us. One translation of the Bible identify salvation as getting a deliverance for the mind. That's an interesting thought. Amen. So I want to look at just simply three areas that our walk is summed up in, and that is, where are you wanting to land? Because your walk needs to be directing you somewhere. Where are you going with this thing called salvation? Are you pursuing the will of God as revealed in the Bible? Or are you in it for yourself? What, what is the value of your salvation? Where are you expecting to go with this? Amen. You see, salvation is directing us toward the will of God and what he would have us to do. That I want my life to please God. That's the direction of my salvation. I want to do the will of God, amen. Like Jesus pointed out in prayer, he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That my life would be consumed with your will for my life and not what I want for my life. 
Jesus pointed out in the prayer, amen, that very thing in the, in the Lord's prayer. It, you know, is my life giving glory to God? Am I pleasing Him? Which is the place we need to be going. 1 Thessalonians 2, 10 and 12, 20 to 12 says, You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly, Paul said, we behaved among, among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Amen. And so we're, our, our direction where we want to head is in the will of God, in your walk with God. Are you doing the will of God? You know, if you're picking up a joint, ask yourself, is this the will of God? <laughs> is this going to give glory to the Lord? Can we all sing hallelujah, praise the Lord right now? <laughs> Probably not. What are you leaning on? If you're leaning on your own self-accomplishment or what you can do or you're not going to get very far. Verse 2, this is a message translation of chapter 8. He says, a new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. A power has come on the scene to set you free. In other words, we lean on the power of God. Amen. Not on our own ability, not on my own righteousness, not on my own faith, amen. But I need the power of God. Only God can pull this off. I can't pull this off. Amen. Only God can change me. Yes, I have to walk in the spirit. If I continue to walk in the flesh, uh, then I just continue to be the jerk I've always been. It's when I walk in the spirit that God starts changing this man, amen, and doing a transformation in me. But it's by his power. R.W. Scott said, the essential contrast which Paul paints is between the weakness of the law and the power of the spirit. He says, for over against the indwelling sin, which is the reason the law is unable to help us in our moral struggle, Paul now sets the indwelling spirit, who is both our liberator now from the law of sin and death and the guarantee of resurrection and eternal glory in the end. See, the spirit of God is our liberator. He's the one who sets us free. We rely upon the forgiveness and the blood of Jesus. This is why we have wonderful scriptures. If you sin, if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Amen, because I can't do anything about that. And when I step down that road where I'm doing something that I need to, you know, I, I, I can't unload it. If I, if I sin, I can't unload it. All I can do is carry it. And so the power of God is what liberates me and sets me free and helps me to continue to live for him, to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because once in a while we walk in the flesh. It's like, this ain't good. 
Are you leaning on Jesus? Are you casting your cares upon him? Because the Bible simply says he does care for you. There's a third thing in your walk, and that is where is your loyalty? A commitment to follow Jesus is just that. It's, it's like a vow. It's a vow to the end, till death do us part. It's a walk, and not only are we to walk, but to continue to walk in this way, to continue to call upon God for help in time of need. Something about that loyalty. John brings it out in 3 John, verses 3 and 4. I was happy when some Christians arrived, and this is the good news, and told me how faithful you are to the truth. Just as you always live in the truth. Nothing makes me happier than to hear that my children live in the truth. King James, or New King James says, walk in the truth. See, loyalty to God in the long haul. That no matter what goes on, amen, in my walk with God, I'm going to be loyal to God. I might not be able to figure everything out. But my loyalty is to him, to follow him the best I know how. That I am committed to this. I will fight to the death. I will fight to the end because I am committed to this. That's a loyalty to God. Let's look thirdly at the freedom. Because it's not found in ourselves, obviously. Because we weren't free. We're, we're lost in our sin. And so we came to Jesus and he set us free. So, you know, later on after we get saved, it's not about trying harder and doing more. It has to do with actually surrendering to the will of God. That's how you win in this game. You surrender to Jesus Christ. You surrender to God. This is the way I'm going to walk in the way. This is the way I'm going to walk in the spirit. There has to be a surrender to God's will in my life. Stop giving into the flesh and my appetites and my lusts. And stuff. Well, this is just the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. It's just the way you choose to go. It's the walk that you choose to walk. I have a liberator now. You can sell yourself no. You do know that. <laughs> you know, children hate no. You know, adults hate no even more. <laughs> because as they can become adults, it's like, now I tell people to say, I tell people no. It's like, no, you don't tell, you tell yourself no is what you need to do. Now we got a lot of problems going on right now because a lot of people are not saying no to themselves. They just want to and they feel, I'm going to. You need to tell yourself no. See, this text brings out the difference that we are in Christ, and that changes everything. In that we could be accomplishing what could not be accomplished by the, the law, amen, is accomplished in us through Christ going to the cross. God lives in us, amen, and helps us to do his will. I mean, that's why Jesus was so excited. He says, I'm going to go. And everybody's like, oh, no. He's like, oh, yes, it's better. Because when I go, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to be in every one of you. Right now, it's 12, 12 of you and one of me, and I'm out here. But there's going to be a Holy Spirit's going to live in you, me, if you will. I'm going to be living 
in you. Amen. You're not going to be left to yourself to struggle on. Verses 8, eight or chapter 8, 11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead, that's powerful, will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells now in you. It's no longer I who live, Paul said, but Christ who lives in me. And so it's the Spirit of God that brings liberty and help for you and I. He says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I have access, in other words, to forgiveness and the cleansing power of Jesus Christ. I don't have to walk around in the condemnation of sin. His mercies are new every morning. I can confess my sin. He's faithful and just to forgive me my sin as if I never sinned. And I can continue on walking in the Spirit. He cleanses me from all unrighteousness. I don't have to carry that burden. He says in Chapter six, chapter 8, verse 6, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I live for God, and as I live for God, I recognize the value of peace. So I think all of us have. In fact, I recognize the value of peace more and more. When things are unsettled, amen, I can still have the peace of God. That's incredible. When things get, you know, a little turbulent and, Immediately you can feel that. It's like, but what I need is the peace of God right now. That surpasses all understanding. In other words, it don't make any sense. Because it's not, it's not down to human logic. It's not down to me, you know, sitting in a corner humming or something. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's the peace of God, amen. It's, a, it's an actual tangibleness in my mind, amen, that says, you know what, I've got everything under control. See, when we choose the spiritual over the counter, carnal, it's, it's the place where we find this peace in life, security, tranquility, rest, same words. No, lastly, or not lastly yet. Okay, we're getting there, don't worry. <laughs> kind of lastly. Not only victory over sin, but also over death. I mean, I'm free from death, but I, I long for the redemption of my body. But my struggle leads to eternal life. Why would I stop? Ultimately, I know where this leads to, amen. And that this is ultimate victory in eternity. Why would I want to be a slave to my sin, which leads to death, when being a slave to God and righteousness leads to so much more? And so we fight on. Struggles there. But I know where I'm going. Sometimes I don't like to travel. Sometimes I don't like the, the, the going from here to there. It's like anything. You know what I mean? You can travel. Ever, ever travel someplace far? It's like you, you, the destination is worth it, but it's like sometimes halfway through the travel, it's like, man, I hate the traveling. You know, sometimes what's the worst is, you know how when you go to, on vacation somewhere, you travel so far away, you get there, and it's, but your expectation takes you there. And then it's like, Oh, we got to travel all that way back home. Home is just home, you know. Not that home is bad. It's just like, you know, it's like the vacation's over. <laughs> it's no wee, you know, it's gone. And so you're, you're just, 
He was driving back, you know, covering miles. Like, and so sometimes, you know, we don't like to travel, but we know the destination is going to be so wonderful. And that's what we look forward to. We truly are free in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a freedom worth fighting for. The illustration that was told to me years ago, it's like two dogs. Your nature is like two dogs, the flesh and the spirit. Not that we want to call the spirit a dog. <laughs> it's the best we can do. <laughs> and whichever one you feed the most will be the strongest. You won't kill it. You won't kill the other one. He can fast for an awful long time. But the one you feed the most be the strongest. That's the one you want to feed. Feed the spiritual man. Every opportunity you get, feed the spiritual man. I mean, because that's the one that's going to take care of you. The flesh will take you down. And just realize the struggle was there. It's with everyone. You're not struggling any more than anyone else. You might have seasons of struggle that are harder than others. But we all have that. We all have those seasons. Struggle's real, but whose slave do you want to be in the end? You want to be a slave to sin? You want to be a slave to God and his righteousness? Let's bow our heads this morning. Praise God. Amen.